This is Trek FM. Helling frequencies open. This is your Trek FM Hyper Channel for Monday, June 16th, 2014. I'm Christopher Jones, and we have two stories for you today. Star Trek continues premieres fairest of them all, and abandoned Abramsverse horses and fish come out to play. First, though, we took a day off yesterday from Hyper Channel for Father's Day, which I spent with my daughter at her ballet performance. I hope you all had a great Father's Day as well. Whether you were with your own children or with your own father, or maybe both, hopefully both, hope everyone had a good one. I enjoyed getting away from the news for a day and spending some time with my family as well. Oh, and also, one more thing. I would be remiss if I didn't wish you a happy Picard Day, which is today. I'm, for one, very impressed with your drawings, and I know Jean-Luc is as well. So, happy belated Father's Day and happy Picard Day to you all. Now, on to the stories. First up, the long-awaited third episode of Star Trek Continues has finally been unveiled on June 15th at Supernova in Sydney, Australia. This episode of Star Trek Continues returns us to the Mirror Universe. It's called Fairest of Them All, and it follows up immediately after the original series episode Mirror Mirror. And I really do mean immediately after, because it tells the story of what happened aboard the ISS Enterprise when the Mirror Landing Party returned to the ship. So you start out there, Spock is in the transporter room, he has a conversation with Kirk, they beam them over, and then the mirror landing party rematerializes, and then the episode goes on from there. And I won't tell you anything else that happens in the episode, other than to tell you that it's fantastic, and you need to go watch it right now. So this was the big premiere down in Australia. Most of the cast of Star Trek Continues gathered there in Sydney for the premiere, but the episode is now available for everyone to view worldwide on YouTube and Vimeo. That's what I did. I pulled it up on my Apple TV. I have one display here in the studio that has an Apple TV connected to it, so I just pulled it up right there on YouTube and watched it just like I was watching a TV show, and it looked fantastic. The episode was written by James Kerwin and Vic Mignogna, who plays Kirk. I actually had James and Chris White, who's a first AD, on continuing mission a couple of months ago to talk about episode three. And this was at a point before they were, well, it was actually the very day. It was April 1st, I remember now, because we made a joke that it was an April Fool's joke. So, wow, it's been more than two months. It's been two and a half months. This was when they just first revealed that it had to do with the Mirror Universe. And so we really couldn't go into any details about the episode on that show because spoilers were not being released yet. But if you want to go back to Continuing Mission Episode 3, you can actually hear James and Chris with me talking about uh, early things about this episode. Really interesting uh, take on the story. Now, I have to tell you, my impression of the story, I don't know if I've talked about Star Trek Continues here on Hyper Channel, but I've certainly talked about it in other places around the network, and I am just really, really impressed with what they're doing on Star Trek Continues, because they are going to painstaking efforts 
to really make this show feel like it was shot in the 1960s. It's a continuation. It's the fourth season of the original series. And everything from the lighting to the film grain, the work that Doug Drexler is doing on the Enterprise as well for the CGI, it really feels authentically like it was shot in the 1960s. It's very impressive. And this episode here, I have to give kudos to Vic Mignogna and also to Todd Habercorn, who play Kirk and Spock, respectively, for the job they did in this episode. And Vic, in particular, just knocked it out of the park as Mirror Universe Kirk. I'm very, very impressed here. Everyone in the episode, of course, did a great job, but they have the two lead primary roles, obviously, with it being Star Trek, but especially in this episode, and just did a really, really fantastic job. So be sure to go watch this episode. We also talked about this on the Ready Room for the episode that's going to come out this Wednesday. John Mills is with me co-hosting this week. When you hear that, even though you've heard it here, go ahead and listen to our discussion there as well, because we actually talk a little bit more about this documentary that's coming from Wired. Wired and Condé Nast Entertainment were on the set for the filming, and they've put together a series of behind-the-scenes documentaries about the making of this episode. Parts 1 and 2 are out right now. Parts 3, 4, and 5 will be coming out in the weeks to come. And John actually watched the first couple of parts of the documentary. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet myself. And he talks a bit about that. So it's going to be a little bit different when you hear us talk about this on The Ready Room. So go watch the episode now. If you're going to Star Trek Las Vegas, Trek Movie is going to be holding a screening on the night of July 31st. It'll be free. There will be a Q&A session with the cast and crew afterwards. So if you're going to be there, be sure to check that out. And Michael Dorn is going to be making a special appearance. And Michael Dorn makes a special appearance in this episode. But I'm not going to tell you what it is because I was very surprised when I found out exactly what Michael Dorn is doing in here. And, and I thought it was really clever. So I'll put a link in the show notes to the website. But if you just go to StarTrekContinues.com, you will see a thing there about episode three and it says watch now. And if you click through, you'll be able to click through to Vimeo from there, also to YouTube. Again, StarTrekContinues.com. And congratulations to everyone on the release of the episode. Okay, the next story I have for you has to do with the Abramsverse, but it's actually about some abandoned animals from Star Trek Into Darkness. We only spent a short time on Nibiru at the beginning of Star Trek Into Darkness, and while the scenes were memorable, they certainly were for me when I saw it in IMAX. I first screened the film at Paramount's offices in Tokyo, and the screen that we were able to see the film on was fairly small. I enjoyed it there, but I was really blown away by the Nibiru stuff when I went and I saw it in IMAX 3D on this absolutely enormous screen. And the clarity of it was amazing. And even though we didn't get to spend too much time on Nibiru, there actually was a lot of other stuff that was in the works. And some of it got nixed for time and some for budget. And we've seen from various artists over the past year some of the concept art that was done for Nibiru in particular. And Alfonso de la Torre 
is a conceptual illustrator who worked on the film, and he has released some images that he created for Into Darkness, showing several creatures native to Nibiru, including a couple of horses, an insect, and some fish. He explains that originally they wanted to design an alien horse, but in the end they scrapped the idea, and I think they used the snow creature from the first movie, but with a different surface treatment. So what he's saying there is that that creature that they stun as Kirk and McCoy are running away may actually be the snow creature from the 2009 film uh, underneath, and then you reskin it. Because the original idea was that Kirk and McCoy would be running away and they would encounter one of these horses instead of that beast. But so that didn't happen. There's also an insect, which I don't know where that was supposed to appear, but it's interesting to see the image of it. And then there are quite a few different fish that De La Torre created. And he said these were meant for the underwater scene where an alien fish comes close to the Enterprise and spooks Scotty. Now, of course, we all know that a fish does come up there and spook Scotty, but it's a different one than the ones that he created in his concept art. And of course, I know that scene very well because there was a Japanese TV commercial tied into Star Trek Into Darkness for a lubricant spray like you would use for squeaky chairs or bicycle chains, basically like WD-40, for those of you listening in the U.S. who know what that is. And they used that clip at the beginning of it where the fish comes up and Scotty jumps back and then they show the bridge of the Enterprise. Kirk and McCoy come in dripping wet with their scuba suits on and then there's a guy there who sprays the captain's chair because it's squeaky because the Enterprise is underwater. So, anyway, that scene could have had different fish in it. So, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to this story over on comicbookmovie.com. They have a lot of great images there from De La Torre's workbook. And also, they have video clips there where you can actually see the scenes that he's talking about where these would have gone in. And after you go look at them, let me know what you think about them. Let me know if you if you like the horses, if you like the bug, if you like the fish, or if, like me, you think that they may be, and not to, it's nothing to do with the work. The work's actually quite good. Just within context of Star Trek, do they feel a little bit Star Wars to you instead of Star Trek? Because I feel like a lot of the aliens in the J.J. Abrams movies feel more like things that we would see in the cantina in Star Wars than they do Star Trek aliens. But that's, of course, because I'm accustomed to all of these years, 20 years of Michael Westmore's alien makeup, which had its own unique style. So anyway, let me know what you think about that. You can find me on Twitter. My username is C Brian Jones. That's the letter C and Brian with a Y. You can also find me on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Jones, I think is the name on my page there as well. So you can find me there too. And let me know what you think. Now, I do have a network update for you to close out the show as always. First up is Literary Treks. This is the episode that I told you about on the last show that it was coming up. And this week, we're joined by David R. George III to discuss One Constant Star David returns to the Lost Era for the first time in nine years and brings back Demora Sulu 
who is now captain of the Enterprise B. And Dan Gunther of Trek Lit Reviews and I talked to David about the genesis of the novel, his goals in exploring the relationship between Demora, Hikaru, and Captain Harriman, who's actually not a captain anymore, he's now an admiral, and also what it was like returning to the Lost Era after writing so much 24th century political intrigue. Also, the sense of isolation that pervades Demora's life, and the sense of responsibility that friends and colleagues have for one another. It's all in there. We had a great discussion with David, as we always do. It was great to have him back on the show. So if you want to go behind the scenes of the book, be sure to tune in to this new episode. Also today, we have a new episode of Standard Orbit. And Star Trek has been influencing people to better themselves for almost 50 years. But people haven't just been bettering themselves. They've been bettering technology to go along with them. And in this week's episode of Standard Orbit, Mike and Drew discuss three technologies from TOS that influenced the way we interact today. They also mourn the death of flip phones in the smartphone era. They cover the contest to create a real-life medical tricorder, which is a really cool thing that's going on right now with the Tricorder XPRIZE. And they talk about the video chat technologies that enabled this and our other podcasts to exist in the first place. So you'll find both of these episodes in your feeds right now if you subscribe to the individual feeds for Literary Treks and Standard Orbit or to the Trek Film Complete Master Feed. You can also catch these through all your favorite podcast sources, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, Swell, Blackberry, SoundCloud, lots of other directories as well. Just search Trek.fm or the name of the show that you want to listen to and you'll find us there, and you can go to our website, and you can stream the show from the page, or grab the RSS link and pop that into your favorite third-party podcast application on your smartphone or your tablet. Well, that's our look at the news for today. Remember, if you're streaming Hyperchannel from our website, you can go and subscribe to it in iTunes and have it delivered straight to the device of your choice you can also catch it through all those other sources that I just mentioned. And you can also get the Trek of Film Complete Master Feed. That gives you every episode of every show that we do. So you're getting two, three, sometimes even four new pieces of content in there every day. Great way to keep up with everything that's happening all across the network. I'd love to chat with you about these stories that we talked about today, especially Star Trek Continues. I don't think I said it earlier because I was so caught up in how much I enjoy the episode. Tell me what you think about it as well. After you watch the episode, send me a message on Twitter, find me on Facebook. Let me know what you think about the episode. You know, tell me if you agree that it really does feel like it was shot in the 1960s. I'd love to know how you think it compares to the actual TOS episodes themselves and just what you think about uh, what they're doing there. Again, my username on Twitter and on Facebook is C. Brian Jones, the letter C, and Brian with a Y. You can actually find me anywhere on social media under that same username, and you can find the network on Twitter also. Our username is TrekFM. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm. On Google+, just search communities for trek.fm, and you'll find us there. We have a contact form on our website, trek.fm slash contact. That one comes to me by email. We also have forums at trek.fm slash forums, and you can send us a voicemail through the website. Also, just look in the sidebar, and you'll see the widget for that. 
Well, thanks for listening today, everyone. I hope you had a great weekend and are ready to charge into another week. I'll be back with you tomorrow with some more stories. And until then, go watch some tracks.